to the Construction Big Breakfast, where we give you a hearty serving of insider tips and business strategies to help fuel your day so you can thrive in the construction industry. Now, here's your host. So, hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Construction Big Breakfast podcast. And I'm your host, Tip Top Tim Fitch. Today, we'll be diving into a whole range of fascinating uh, topics associated with green energy and how our guests companies technology is going to have a big impact on the construction sector so joining me today is peter sace from bramble energy welcome to the podcast peter and can you give our listeners a little introduction to yourself well, hello, Tim. Um, so I'm Peter Sace and I'm Chief Product Officer at Bramble Energy. Um, and so we're a technology company and we're committed to helping sectors achieve net zero. And we're doing this with hydrogen fuel cells. Can't wait. Can't wait. It's going to be fascinating. So, Peter, it's great to have you on today. And the first question before we get into the topics is, as I'm sure you are well prepared, what did you have for breakfast today? Well, Tim, so uh, I will tell you about today, but importantly, yesterday is a key day. So I've, I've just started doing the 5-2 diet, um, which means I eat properly five days, two days I don't. Um, so yesterday my breakfast was broccoli and a boiled egg, which means today I've had to do it properly. Uh, and uh, my breakfast today, um, I'm actually on a bit of a quest around my breakfast. Um, and so you may you may know this, um, James Bond, uh, his breakfast of choice was... Um, Scrambled egg, uh, poached egg, bacon, and then uh, toast, marmalade, black coffee. And I'm I'm really exploring the toast and marmalade bit at the moment. So I'm on a bit of a quest to find the optimum sourdough and really bitter marmalade with my toast, um, which is what I'm I'm exploring with my breakfast at the moment. So a bit of a bit of a quest. Uh, well, that's that's a very detailed, really interesting answer because uh, most people just say bowl of porridge, even though they know yeah. what's coming. You see, so. Uh, Excellent bit of uh, preparation. There. <laughs> well, no, you My see, it's, it's a journey. Yeah, and if um, if there are any any suggestions on the best, most bitter marmalade, uh, I'm I'm interested because I uh, yeah I've I've been through everything Tesco's got to offer. I'm I'm going through Waitrose at the moment, and I'm struggling to find the perfect, really bitter marmalade. So yeah, any any suggestions? I'm I'm all well, ears. interesting. Maybe when this is published, in the comments, we can have some uh, suggestions from our viewers. Of and I'll just. Just for everyone's interest now, just check the stats. We're getting 180,000 views a month. So hopefully, I hope we don't get 180,000 uh, suggestions. We might get one or two interesting ones. Well, if, uh, if, it, if it gets me the right marmalade, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. So. Well, here we go. There's a bit of, bit of market research we can do together. Thank you. Well, I had baked eggs at Arbathia from, I was a breakfast meeting before this podcast filming at Chaconis. Um, which is near the Ritz and uh, excellent breakfast because I'm a bit like yeah, like high protein. Yeah, uh, which it certainly was. So yeah, that's an excellent start to this podcast. Anyway, now let's start talking about Bramble Energy. Tell me a bit about Bramble Energy, Peter. So Bramble Energy, we're um, as I said, we're a, we're a fuel cell technology business, but we're founded back in 2016 and we're founded by professors from two London universities, so um, Imperial and UCL. And those professors were looking to really disrupt the fuel cell industry and they, they found a way of being able to do this in, this, in the supply chain. 
Um, so looking at how you can find a really effective way of being able to make fuel cells. And so they they found a way of being able to leverage the um, the PCB industry, the printed circuit board industry, um, which is that's a massive global industry. Um, and so by leveraging this technology, uh, we found a way of being able to make fuel cells that uh, you can make them in pretty much any size and shape and you can you can be much more cost effective with the way you make them and importantly as well you can make it wherever there's um, PCB industry so the, the the company was founded with this technology that gives you great flexibility in making a fuel cell so for the benefit of yeah. uh, the majority of our viewers who are in the construction sector they I would guess the ones who aren't involved in mechanical electrical and power will be unfamiliar with fuel cell technology. So I, I, I just did a very, gives it a, a sort of high level view of what a fuel cell does, how it does it. Yeah. Just so people get their head around it. Cool. So a fuel cell is, is essentially, it's like a generator. Okay. So you've got two things that go into a hydrogen fuel cell. You've got hydrogen gas and you've got regular air that goes into a fuel cell. Inside the fuel cell, there's a chemical reaction that takes place. Um, and you get three things coming out of it. So you get electricity and you get a little bit of water and you get some heat generated. So it's a really clean way of being able to generate electricity just using hydrogen gas and your regular air. And then, um, so there are no other particulates, nothing else, it's just straight electricity, water, heat being generated by it. The the thing you, you need to then think about is where does your hydrogen come from? And there are different colours of hydrogen you can get. And so there's been a lot in the press just recently about the production of green hydrogen. Um, but there, so the different colours of hydrogen, so you can get brown, brown hydrogen, which is hydrogen that's produced basically from, say, coal. Um, so not very renewable. You can get blue or green hydrogen, uh, sorry, blue or grey hydrogen, which is where um, it's maybe coming from a less renewable source, but you're having some carbon capture there to, to make it um, as, as clean as possible. Or you can have green hydrogen, which is hydrogen you're producing from excess energy from a renewable source. So say you've got a wind farm that's um, not producing electricity, you can use some excess capacity in that wind farm and store some of the electricity as hydrogen, which then we can we can start to use. And that that is green hydrogen. So green hydrogen with a fuel cell, gives you a really clean way of making electricity. That's very interesting because one of the the arguments against wind energy is obviously it only produces electricity when it's windy. Yeah. And wind might be when you've got low demand and how do you store it? So presumably rather yeah. than making electricity directly, you could be making hydrogen, which you can exactly. use whenever you want to use it. So that's, a, yeah. that's an interesting way of getting more that's leverage it. out of the uh, the wind farms. Is that right? That's exactly right. That's totally right, yeah. And so the, the process for making hydrogen, if you're just using, if you're just plugging into the mains to make hydrogen, um, it's, not, it's not a massively efficient process. And that's why if you then start looking at the electricity that you would otherwise not be using, and this, that's why you're looking at the excess energy from, a, from, a, uh, from the wind farm. So if all of a sudden you can start to make use of that capacity, actually store that energy, then it's a really efficient way of being able to to generate and store that that hydrogen. So um, yeah, so we 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 we're really big fans of green hydrogen. Then combined with that fuel cell, because you've got a really nice renewable way of sourcing that energy in the first way, and then you've got a nice way of being able to use that energy, like I say, in a way that doesn't have any sort of harmful emissions being uh, being created at the same time. 
So this sounds absolutely dynamite for solving many problems, uh, not just in construction industry, but many industries where your particular niche is portable power, isn't it? So this, that's if, if I've understood. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're working in two different areas, actually. So we've, um, we've got a, a big push at the moment to look at how we develop um, portable solutions. So one of the things we we really want to do. So as a, as a business, we're we're looking at how we can help to achieve net zero and how we can get organisations, get industries, get sectors away from like the carbon producing existing fuels. You know, I'd love I'd love to look at how we can replace diesel in as many sites as possible. So absolutely, we're looking at how do we start applying this technology to in portable generators? And yeah, the, ideally we'll get rid of as many diesel generators as we possibly can. The other thing with hydrogen though, is if say you're starting to look at higher powered solutions, if you're looking at higher powered um, things, so there's, there's a big push obviously to electrify as much of vehicle um, vehicle fleets, pl large plant as you possibly can. And so electrification is doing a fantastic job at the moment, just regular battery electrification. So if you look at like the regular road cars, um, it's, it's incredible the, the way um, um, electrification is being taken up at the moment. It's fantastic. When you start looking at bigger vehicles, then you've got a different need in terms of um, power, energy density to be able to, to actually um, electrify those 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 fleets and that's when you start looking at other ways of being able to do that so there's there's lots of views that say if you're looking at bigger vehicles like big trucks or even sort of larger light commercial vehicles boats aircraft there's a lot of um, interest in in hydrogen for being able to to power those and so what we're doing as a business we're looking at the smaller things looking at replacing some of those generators but we're also looking at how can we start applying that very same technology to look at some of those bigger um, bigger, we call the motive applications. Um, and we're starting at the moment. Um, we, we demonstrated uh, something uh, in September and it was it was using a, a fuel cell as what's called a range extender in a in a battery electric vehicle. So it's, yep. it's using that little generator to just put constant charge into the batteries of a, of a light commercial vehicle um, and proving it there. And yeah, we, uh, ultimately we're looking at how we can start to to take that into 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 bigger vehicles and, and ultimately productize that, and just the way that works. Um, so, like I say, you've got a little generator there. You're providing some constant power back into the batteries of of the vehicle, um, with um, with about a kilograms worth of hydrogen. So you have a hydrogen cylinder in in the vehicle, um, and so that's um, you're using that hydrogen to put the electricity into into the into the batteries, and with about a kilograms worth of hydrogen, and it's compressed as a gas. So so that that still takes up yeah. quite a large volume. Um, a kilograms worth of hydrogen gives you about 100 miles worth of extra range in, into your batteries. Um, and then all you need to do, just need to put some more hydrogen in it and you get some some extra range. So there's something really interesting about um, how, you know, hydrogen can potentially help organisations that may be struggling with range anxiety or struggling with, um, you know, high load. I think this is where it's really interesting for the construction sector. You know, it's it's very unlikely that people are going to be taking an electric van and running it with a with low load going to be pretty much full or maybe just over over the capacity of that vehicle. So your range goes down. So then looking at different ways of being able to really boost that range could be quite interesting for actually enabling the uptake of electric vehicles. So this is where these sorts of range extenders could come in as well. So I'm, I think I've understood this. So if, if you are trying to extend the range of your BMW i3 or whatever, 
you need to be able to fill up with a kilogram or two of hydrogen. Is, have I understood that correctly? So, so you would, um, we wouldn't really focus on a on sort of a passenger vehicle. We're really looking at sort of the light commercial vehicles. Oh, light commercial. So, looking at light commercial or, or larger larger commercial vehicles. Um, and so, so what you have is you'd have a little fuel cell, and it'd be integrated into your vehicle, and you'd also need a separate hydrogen cylinder there, because ultimately, so the the fuel cell provides electricity as long as you've got a supply of hydrogen there. Yeah. So, and this is one of the nice things about hydrogen as a fuel, because it's, it's it's quite similar really in terms of user experience. And, you know, as a technology company, we need to think about how people are using these products. So um, in terms of user experience, it's exactly the same. You know, you need to fill up that tank with, with the fuel. So instead of filling it with diesel, filling the tank with hydrogen, but then you're able to then boost the range of, of an electric an electric vehicle. So we think that we think that it could be quite interesting around around like commercial vehicles. That's, I mean, obviously that's, fascinating that because I mean, I've always assumed when you hear about these hydrogen vehicles that it's burning it in a something that looks like a conventional combustion engine yeah. which it might be I guess but this is a cleaner it's, it's a chemical reaction rather than a, well I suppose they're both chemical reactions but you're getting the energy in a different way in terms of that you said it produces heat is that a huge amount of heat is does that have to be dissipated or is it just well, so yeah, really, really good question. So it depends on the application, really. So, um, so yes, it does need to be dissipated, but there'll be some applications where actually you can start to use that heat. So if, say, we're looking at how can we start making a, like generators for like welfare accommodation in the construction site, you know, actually you'll find there will be some applications where people want to use that heat. So I think there are lots of applications where, yeah, you, you're looking at how can we how can we dissipate the heat? But I think yeah, it's really interesting when you're starting to think about how can you like manage the use of that heat to give to give like a, a really good outcome. Um, so yeah, using that heat in a more effective way could be better than just trying to dissipate it. Well, my mind is buzzing now because obviously there's there's a myriad of potential applications. I'm I'm, I'm just trying. I'm not trying to think of problems. Well, suppose if you, if you talk about construction site, you envisage that the a truck turns up once a week with a bottle of hydrogen and you hook it up rather like you do your gas to your barbecue or, or do you have to is there some truck right, right like happens with diesel we get the bowser turns up and he fills up various yeah tanks on the site yeah so this, this thing is going to work yeah and this is this is one of the one of the big things we've got to get got to get sorted so there, there are two ways of, of doing this at the moment so so absolutely one way is to to turn up with a with a tube trailer and and fill up something locally that they, they that you can then use that fuel there's also a process of electrolysis as well where you can actually then start to produce hydrogen on a site as well um so if you if you're talking about an area that has a very very high need uh, very high volume need for, for hydrogen, you may actually look at um, electrolysis to, to actually produce the hydrogen on site and then you can start to use that as well. Um, so two two different ways of doing it really. Yeah, so you could you could deliver it or you could you can possibly produce it locally as well. That's interesting, obviously with some of these major projects that are underway at the moment, which will definitely be diesel heavy if you're doing lots of muck shifting and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, high speed too is what I'm thinking about. It would be that would definitely be of interest. Yep. And, yep. Uh, yeah, indeed. I don't know if you've been in contact with them yet, but they, they would definitely be interested. Mark Thurston is the CEO. I, I first dealt with him on Crossrail and he was in charge of innovation on Crossrail. So he's, he's innovation minded for sure. Really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
Anyway, I'll we'll send him a link to this. Don't worry when it's uh... yeah. <laughs> so Peter, so right, so we've heard about the technology. Yeah. We've heard that you just give me a little bit more about the the journey of Bramble because it was founded in 2016. Yeah. You had a significant funding round, a Series A in 2020. That's right. And you've expanded your team dramatically since then. Just give us a bit of how that's yeah. felt from the um, inside. Yeah, no, it's a really, really interesting, really interesting sort of journey the company's been on. So you're absolutely right. So we 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 did what's called the Series A um, raise in it was in August of 2020, um, and at the time it was it was three people doing the proper startup thing of sort of building technology, and it was actually in somebody's garage at the time, which which feels very very apt. So um, so three people developing technology. Did this fundraise and then that was really the the green light to then really start pushing in in building products and, and proving it in, in a range of different applications so so from that time the team's grown to we're over 30 people now in the last 18 months which i think you know given that that's that's overlapped pretty much entirely with pandemic i think is is a fantastic growth period anyway um but what i think is is equally impressive is the we've gone from technology to we're just about to launch some some our first products um so and we're, we're focusing on some quite low powered applications so we're just about to launch first products and we've also demonstrated some of these higher powered stacks for the for the range extender application as well so um really good growth in terms of building the skills building the the, the, the technical um capability in the business but also going through that really difficult journey of taking a technology to like really understanding what markets need understanding how people are actually going to use technology and then and then building it as products which um yeah we're we're, we're launching in the next couple of months terrific because i know you've done some survey work in the construction sector i saw an article online Can yeah. you tell me a little bit about that yeah so um one one thing we've one thing we've been really interested in so we as i said uh, at the beginning we're a business and we're committed to helping organizations achieve net zero and if we look at oh, the biggest contributors to or the biggest challenges at the moment the construction industry is massively interesting so um so i'm my 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 background i'm i'm a i'm a, I'm a tech person so i'm i'm not somebody who's who's spent a huge amount of time in the construction sector but if i if i look at the fact it what well, it's it contributes over 100 billion pounds to the UK economy. Um, you know, it's a massively important sector, number one, but also then if you look at the fact, I think construction contributes 40% of global CO2 emissions. You know, so massively important to the UK, but it's massively um, impactful as well in terms of the CO2 emissions. So that kind of gave us, sort of gave us the, the trigger to say, this is a really important sector for us to start looking at. So there's that. And then you look at the challenges in in the construction space as well. And again, this is me coming as a, as a tech person rather than as somebody who's kind of grown up in this space, just all of a sudden starting to understand the challenges. And, you know, the fact of like greenfield sites or the, the lack of available power, you know, the materials that go into it, so many different challenges in this space. It just felt like a really interesting space for us to start exploring. So we reached out to um, nearly 600 key decision makers across the across the construction space and we just wanted to explore two things really one was we wanted to understand readiness for for net zero this is one thing and then the other thing we wanted to do was understand a little bit more about awareness of hydrogen technology um, so we reached out to all these decision makers and um, the, the 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 feedback we got was 
hugely interesting, uh, I think. So, so first of all, um, if we if we look at the like readiness, so we found that 43% of the respondents weren't actually confident of achieving net zero by 2050. This is 2050, and I find, you know, the challenges are massive, but 2050 is, you know, a, a, a clearly a long way away. Um, so I found that really interesting that um, that wouldn't kind of be a little bit more confident about about being able to achieve it. And you know, given given what I just said about the magnitude of challenges, maybe I shouldn't be quite so surprised about it. But I thought that was that was a really interesting bit of bit of data we got there. And then the other bit. Another sort of key bit just around this overall readiness was that 81% um, of people that responded um, thought they needed a little bit more clarity about what net zero actually meant in the construction space. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think it, that that meant a couple of things to us. Firstly, just the magnitude of challenge is huge, and clearly there needs some some support. And you know, I don't mean this in in the in the wrong way, but clearly we need more education about what net zero really does mean in the sector as well. Um, but I think it also means there's a there's a huge responsibility on organizations like ours to to help inform, help sort of just just yeah, guide how our technology, these sorts of technologies can help to achieve net zero targets in this space. Well, I'll give a bit of advice. I'll give a bit of my own experience. Yeah, we yeah. sell into that space and key thing that we sell all sales feel like an education because yeah. you're often met with you know i'm talking about the r d tax thing um, particularly when we started it was not understood at all in the sector most people didn't think it applied because it sounds like people like you <laughs> professors from ucl and people yeah. in white coats but of course yeah. in the construction industry it doesn't look like that at all Mm. doesn't mean it's not happening it just doesn't no. look like the prototypical image that people have so yeah there's probably some parallels there that this is this is a technology that's not understood there's mm. a, a slow adoption of technology generally yeah and uh the industry is not receptive particularly well to new ideas for yeah. all sorts of cultural reasons really a bit yeah. the style of the way the industry is developed mm. now it doesn't mean you can't do it so I'm, i'll be interested i'm interested to see how things develop there yeah well i think one one thing i found yeah one thing i found really interesting was so over the last uh, over the last six eight months we've been engaging with lots and lots of sort of the, the big construction companies and I've, I've actually found one of the reasons i found like that 43 percent so interesting was i have found the sectors massive like parts of it are really well informed and clearly some organizations are investing hugely in like electrifying big bits of kit or they're building really well informed sustainability teams in their businesses as well so there seems to be like part of the industry that is really well informed that's kind of driving some of this that's um but then there must be then like the counter of it with large bit of it that's that's that that's lagging behind a little bit and that's i just just found found it really interesting both from the data we got but also just by by talking to people because I, I i have been really impressed um with yeah with the some of the developments that some of the businesses are are, are are taking at the moment so that was really why i found it so interesting i think just that that difference just finally 
for you. I mean, you said your background is in technology. Just, just give us a little bit about that journey because that's always fascinating, particularly when people have are looking at the construction from having had a different experience first part of their career. Doesn't yeah. happen much. No. So, um, so my, I've spent my my whole career really at sort of early stages of, of building technology and, and building products. So um, throughout, I started life in the defense industry, working on some of the big, um, big sort of aircraft platforms. So if you've, if you've ever heard of like Nimrod or oh, yeah. Harrier, started doing some work on, on those things at the very start of my career. Um, but yeah, moved more into um, looking at how do we start identifying and then commercializing innovation. Um, so moved looked at how we could sort of take some of that core defense learning and apply it in the security sector so help grow a security business at, at, at BA systems and then moved into the oil industry and then before I'm um, joining Bramble I was actually at McLaren uh, at the um, at the innovation business in McLaren so there are three businesses in McLaren the racing business and a road car business and the and a technology business and as yeah as in the technology business looking at how we take innovation out of Formula One and start applying it into into other sectors. So that was that was a, a hugely hugely interesting uh, environment to to look at innovation and technology. Um, well, and Peter. Well, Peter. On that note, let's wrap up this conversation. It's been really insightful, and thank you for joining me today, Peter. Where can our listeners get in touch uh, with you if they'd like to learn more? Uh, so we've we've got our website, um, which is www.brambleenergy.com, um, and we've got some great contact links. Got some con good content and some contacts through there. And yeah, love love it if people got in touch with. Well, we'll we'll put all that stuff in the the show notes so that uh, and your LinkedIn profile and all that sort of stuff Absolutely. if you want if you wish. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, yeah. So wonderful. And to all of our listeners today, thank you for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, latest episode of the Construction Big Breakfast. Uh, we have new episodes published just about every week. So click on the subscribe button, which is down there somewhere. Turn on your notifications uh, so you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, we'd appreciate a five star review. And if you've enjoyed this episode today, please like it and share it as that helps us to reach more listeners. If you're interested in being a guest on this podcast and or looking to collaborate in other ways, then visit our website, which is invent.com, two ends at the end, remember. The link's in the description, and fill out the contact form so one of my team can be in touch. So on that note, see you next time. Bye. Want to learn more about how Invent can help your business maximize its bottom line? Head on over to www.invent.com and get in touch with our team today. Thanks for joining us this week on the Construction Big Breakfast. Make sure to visit our website, www.invent.com, where you can subscribe to the Construction Big Breakfast on all platforms so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a positive rating. Or if you'd simply share it with a friend, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.